Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Welcome to r/nuclear revenge, where this entitled aunt kills her dog's neighbor so her neighbors burn down her house. Don't kill your neighbor's dogs. My crazy antisocial elderly aunt lives in the mountains of West Virginia. My aunt is a mean, bitter old woman who was suspected of shooting and killing her ex-husband, but the cops could never pin it on her. Years ago, she bought a small home on some land that borders the land of another family in a small, narrow, isolated, forested mountain valley. The other family had been living there for a long time and they just wanted to be left alone, like most people who chose to live in a remote mountain location in West Virginia. My aunt bought chickens and started to let them run around, unfenced on her property, and the neighbor's dogs were very interested in those chickens. The chickens would roam around and go over onto the neighbor's property. One day, without warning, she killed her neighbor's dogs for killing one of her chickens and only one of the dogs was killed on her property. The other one was shot dead in the neighbor's front yard. The neighbors had small kids and they loved those dogs. My aunt walked over with a shotgun and told the neighbors that they had better never get another chicken killing dog or dogs again or else she would kill them too the neighbors didn't take too kindly to her killing their dogs and her actions with the shotgun waving it around and threatening them were over the top but they didn't call the cops knowing that my crazy aunt who had a reputation for being violent was unlikely to be arrested and if she was arrested she would just quickly be released from jail and be back so a couple of weeks later when my aunt went into town her home's back window was broken and a bottle of burning oil and gas was thrown into her home. By the time the fire department finally arrived, the home was a complete loss, and every dog and possibly ex-husband killing shotgun and firearm my aunt owned, along with all her other worldly possessions, were incinerated. The home was a total loss, along with the chicken coop, etc. The neighbors didn't see anything, and the sheriff's department couldn't prove anything. My aunt had a long list of enemies. She didn't work and so was too poor and lazy to have her homeowner insurance. So she had to move and her son eventually bought her a cheap rundown trailer in town. Those of us who knew my aunt figured she got what she deserved. Moral of the story, don't screw with a mountain man's dog. There we go. Emphatic but very justified revenge there. Brilliant stuff. If you've got a problem in your life and you know a way that you can deal with it and get that problem gone forever then do it. And it seems like you did. I'll be completely honest. I'm kind of surprised that you didn't go any further and cause actual harm onto her yourself. As I've said multiple times, I've never owned dogs or proper pets. I don't want to be harsh on my own pets, but you guys know what I mean. So I I can't speak on the bond that you have with your pet. But from what I've heard and from what you guys are going to tell me in the comments down below, if your dog was to be shot by your neighbor for no reason at all, I mean, come on, killing a chicken, 
yeah, they're dogs. What do you expect? Then I think a lot of you out there listening and watching right now would have done a lot worse of things than simply burning down your neighbor's house. My ex-fiance refused to respect my boundaries. So I married his best friend. Back in 2019, I just moved my long-term partner into my house due to a series of poor life choices on his end. It had been a rocky relationship for most of its duration, but I was young and dumb. I believe that this was him wanting to commit and truly start our lives. By early 2020, we were engaged. I was a full-time university student, sole caretaker for my mentally disabled mother, and taking care of the house and our pets. He worked a standard 40-hour week, minimum wage job, and refused to help with any aspect of life. I found out on Christmas Day 2020 that he'd been unfaithful and had forgotten to tell me he was planning on leaving me but had informed everyone except for me because he was failing to secure a new residence apparently his f buddy didn't like him enough to let him move in at this point there was very little love lost and i expected he'd be moving out within the coming weeks fast forward three entire months and his search for a living place was non-existent and he was acting more and more entitled Clearly by this point, he's an unwelcome freeloader who's taken up residence in my living room. I was about to secure an eviction notice to get him off my couch. He began swiping Tinder with his phone volume loudly on. I told him to not do that in my presence as it was highly insensitive to do it in my home and could he do it in private? But this continued. So I told him that I was gonna sleep with one of his friends It was said in a moment of anger and was more of an empty threat at the time However, I am known for seeing goals to their completion I messaged the guy who was supposedly my ex's best friend and the best man for the wedding It turns out he didn't even consider my ex a close friend and my ex had acted similarly terribly to this guy previously as well We bonded over our terrible experience hit it off really well in general and started dating. I was upfront about what the catalyst for me to reach out to him in the first place was. And after two years of dating though, we were married April 2nd. He watched me graduate with that bachelor's degree my ex disliked. I'm halfway through my master's and my husband works in a specialized steady field that supports us. Last I heard, my ex got kicked out of his dad's house, never was able to officially date his side chick and has not made any choices to better his life. You know, the great thing about this story is that even after everything that happened in it, right at the very end, the side chick didn't even consider this guy to be worth more than sex, plain and simple. And uh, that is the true tragedy of this story. What was it all for? Again, you know, people say everything happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm a little bit cynical just in general. So I, I, would, I would tend to disagree with that. But when you read a story like this, I, I can't help but think, you know what? This was meant to happen. It really was. It's just a perfect story, a perfect ending. You got out of a relationship, which probably wasn't ideal anyway, if you think about it properly in hindsight. And now you're in a great one with a, with a guy that really cares about you. So win-win. And now for our third story of this episode. And let me tell you guys, this one is class. It's a long one, so settle in, but it's brilliant from start to finish. Here we go. Former manager ends my job at the company I loved. I helped end his career in local tech forever. First of all, the background. I worked at a very big tech company for a very long time, like decades. Over the years, I'd worked my way up from being a noob to a kind of specialist fixer. I became fairly well-known internally as a security slash emergency response person. I got assigned the bad or unfixable projects, many of which made news headlines. I have many stories that I can never tell publicly, sadly. Suffice to say that multiple senior vice presidents in various divisions got to know who I was 
because I effectively wrangled gnarly and complex problems and herded many intense tech nerds together to resolve big things in multiple divisions over the years. It was so fun. At the time of our story, I was working on a small security team in a product engineering division. It was a somewhat turbulent time and our team of eight had weathered multiple reorganizations and had so many manager changes. It was a lot, but we kept our heads down and did the work and we all got along just fine. Sidebar and relevant for later, one of the better managers assigned to run our team immediately assigned me a huge and complicated and urgently important project to manage. It would involve people in six different divisions, had seriously big legal implications, and our senior VP wanted it to happen by an aggressive deadline within like four to six weeks. Oh, and my manager was leaving imminently on a long planned vacation, so he apologetically would be away for the next three weeks and would be unable to assist. The project was to do something big and technical and which had never been done before, so no one was entirely sure how to do it, who it would require, what steps in what order, Some of the key players had what we gently called difficult personalities. Oh, and by the way, it would definitely make international news and cause a ripple in the industry when we did it. No big whoop. The manager was a decent guy and he felt bad about leaving me with this thorny mess. And I did it. We got all the people from all the divisions in a room and mapped it all out on a whiteboard. It took days. We hashed out how to do it before the deadline, actually well before for bonus points, and we lined up everyone to get it done. Before we pulled the actual trigger on the very big thing, I had to attend a meeting with the VP and exec leadership, several levels of management above me, and with the legal team to present the plan and to assure all of the execs that we were ready and had it all handled. So I looked the VP in the eye and I assured him that I've got this. And then I did. The team did the big thing sooner than the deadline. It was flawless. We rocked it. Woo, just another day at the office. Part two, the inept manager. A few months after that epic project, our good manager left us for another role. And someone new moved over from an unrelated division out of nowhere. We'll call him inept manager. Inept manager did not know anything about security. He didn't know anything about emergency response. He didn't know anything about what our division did, in fact. No one on our team had ever heard of this guy. He was that worst kind of middle manager. Self-important, dismissive of everyone, cares most about appearances and ego, micromanages stuff he doesn't comprehend, and just makes everything worse. But he apparently knows people, and those people get him job assignments because of... politics? Loyalty? Well, he certainly didn't have any skills or experience for our team, Ugh, that guy is the worst. One of the Annette manager's many weird quirks was that he didn't think it was appropriate for our team to disagree with or correct each other in front of other people. Things in tech, specifically product development, move pretty quickly and things can change all the time. So if some of our team was meeting with someone from another team and someone said something like, so we decided to make the sky green and we're on schedule and someone else on our team chimed in to say, actually that's changed. We decided that the sky is now going to be blue and we pushed the deadline back two weeks. That just happened in an earlier meeting. Oh, okay, cool. The inept manager would interrupt that and say, We clearly need to get on the same page. Let's end this meeting right now and reschedule when my team has all the facts straight. Um, what? That's insane. We'd literally never have any meetings if we waited until everyone knew all of the same information all the time. Other teams would routinely leave meetings with us with inaccurate info, which affected release schedules, resources. It was just a mess. My question is, 
Is that not the point of a meeting? To get everyone on the same page. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. An inept manager knows something I don't. Part three, inept manager hostility. Shortly after the inept manager became our manager, he started being really hostile to me. Not to everyone on the team, just me. As far as I knew, I hadn't done or said anything to earn his hostility. But suddenly, after over 20 years at this company, I could do nothing right. While this jerk didn't actually understand most of what my job was, he was sure I wasn't doing it right. And he was quick to tell me so, and often in front of others. To the point that my co-workers would take me aside to ask what the actual frick was going on. I didn't know either. The thing is, I was the only woman on the team. And I have a disability. Now, I've been through some things working in high tech over those decades. It was very much an old boys club back then. And, meh, I was fine. I'm not one to claim discrimination at the drop of a hat or for no reason. However, when I was trying to piece together the cause of this dude's hostility, some of his comments were sexist and not at all subtle. He also didn't like that due to my disability, and frankly my seniority, I was given one of the few offices with a door on it in our new building. The rest of the team was in open floor plan cubicles, which everyone hated. He was incensed that I, a lowly direct report, and woman, got an office. And he didn't. Well, I had more seniority than just about anyone, so even without my disability, I'd have scored the office ahead of him. Note that other men in our division got offices too, because again, seniority, but that bothered him less. I was the only woman on our floor with a door, and I was his subordinate. His ego did not like it, not one bit. He threw a fit about it, repeatedly. There were lots of other things said. My favorite among them towards the end was him reprimanding me for my bad attitude in a meeting we just had. The Annette manager had told me beforehand not to say anything during that meeting because he was insisting on sharing incorrect information again and he knew that I'd want to correct it. So I sat quietly and I kept my eyes on the PowerPoint presentation or the floor nearly the whole time. When I asked him how I'd had a bad attitude when I hadn't said anything as he'd requested, he said, I didn't like the look on your face. Um, okay, dude. After realizing there was nothing I could do to make this guy happy with my work and to lose his hostility, I finally went to HR to go on the record. I knew they'd do F all about it, but I wanted to document it at least. So predictably, they told me to work harder at getting along with the inept manager. And because it wasn't my first rodeo, I went back to my office and emailed HR saying, thanks for meeting with me about my concerns about inept manager. I fear his bias and misogyny will reflect negatively in my next performance review. HR should be aware that there is a real problem here and I hope you'll take steps, etc, etc. Which of course, they didn't, but now it was on the record. Part 4. The Axe Falls And then, a few months later, he gave me a terrible performance review, as expected. Long story already long, he was trying to fire me for underperformance. Unfortunately for me, the company had started rounds of layoffs all over, and it was the worst possible time to be looking for another job internally. And now, I had a bad performance review on my record too. I went back to HR and said, That thing that I said I was worried would happen when we met six months ago? Yeah, that happened. Exactly as I said. Now what? HR, once again, was no help. Also, they'd done literally nothing, but hey, it was on the record again, helpful for the attorney later. Blah, blah, blah. When I realized I couldn't find a new gig at my company because of all the layoffs, I scored a new job for much more money at a different local tech company. 
and pretty quickly. I live in a tech-heavy area. There was lots of shuffling between three to four big companies during this time period, and we'd often bump into other company veterans at these other companies. It was a small world. With my track record and references, it was super easy. After that was lined up, I called an employment discrimination attorney to negotiate my exit from the company I thought I'd work at until I retired. Sad face. Because I had documentation with HR explaining the inept manager's misogyny and ableism going back for some time, and because they'd done nothing about it, and because there were witnesses who confirmed his behavior, they had no leg to stand on. They agreed to write me a relatively nice check to go away and to not sue them. And I agreed to not talk about the details of my separation agreements. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I went down to my lawyer's office and signed the agreement. I looked to see who had signed the agreement for the company. I assumed someone from HR, but it was still blank. I'd eventually get a copy once someone there signed it. I took my check and packed up my office and left. Bye, old company. I started my new job a few weeks later. Part 5. Now we're getting into the revenge. Karma begins. This was August of that year that I left. I got my copy of the executed contract in the mail in October. Who signed it for the company? Not HR, but my exec VP. The one who asked for the urgent, highly important, legally complicated project. The guy I looked in the eye personally and then delivered on this very big thing that he personally asked for before the deadline he asked for. That is who signed on my separation agreement. I suspect that he had no idea until that moment that I was gone. And I imagine that he likely had many questions about what the frick had happened. And also, why do they have to pay me a chunk of money on the way out? Whoops. I chortled when I saw it. Since the VP knew me and we had some history, and the inept manager was new to the division and was one of hundreds of middle managers he'd likely never heard of, I'm guessing the inept manager had some explaining to do. Mwahaha. I really enjoyed the thought of that. And finally, part six. Karma for reals. Cut to November. As I mentioned, it was a relatively small tech community in the area. And those of us who worked in security, in particular at Company X, would often encounter other current and former colleagues at Company Y or Z or whatever. Heck, there was a ton of poaching going on between the companies. One day, I got an in-company chat from someone who'd worked in security at my old company. We'll call her Security Colleague. Security Colleague asked me if I knew someone named Inept Manager. Um, why yes. Yes, I did. Why? Because Inept Manager was appearing on Security Colleague's schedule to interview for an open management position the very next day. It seems that shortly after my former exec VP had signed my separation agreement contract, Inept Manager was actively looking for a new job at a new company. Heh. Security Colleague asked me what I thought about him. I said, you know, I can't really talk about it for legal reasons, which, boom, everyone knows what that means. But if you wanted to ring my personal cell phone later this evening to catch up on old times, please do. She did. I hypothetically shared some stories with her about the inept manager. 
I also told her where his hot buttons are. The appearance, ego thing, the dominant stuff, etc, etc. And all about his misogyny and ableism, which was perfect since she was conducting his interview. I may have shared some specific scenarios and questions to ask, which I knew would set him off. I wished her luck and for the love of all that is holy to please call me after when appropriate and tell me how it all went obviously it did not go well for the annette manager when security colleague rang me i couldn't wait how did it go well he got combative and angry and yelled at me twice during his interview to be hired as a manager facepalm there were lots more details now lost the time except at that company interviewees were assessed as such Either you were given strong hire for this role or hire, but not for this role. That means not a good fit for this job, but we like them. Thirdly, no hire. And then fourthly, no hire ever, not for any role. The Annette manager's interview was rated that last one. No hire ever. Blacklisted from any job ever at one of the biggest tech companies in the world. After being pushed out the door of one of the other biggest tech companies in the world. Derp. Shortly after that, it appeared that a net manager moved himself and his wife and kids a few states away to work at a smaller company in another region. It took less than six months from when I left my old company for him to be gone as well. What gets me, still, is that the net manager thought I was so inconsequential, so unimportant, that he didn't bother to check and see where I landed after he forced me out of the company I loved. And when he had to look for a job himself shortly thereafter, it also never occurred to him that I'd have connections with, oh, thousands of colleagues that I'd worked with over the years, some of whom, of course, could now be working at company X, Y, or Z, where he was interviewing, and where I'd scored a huge raise for myself. To this day, he doesn't know why his interview at company Y tanked so badly. And since security colleague was not legally precluded from sharing stories that she'd heard through the grapevine about Inet Manager's management problems, it's possible that other old security colleagues at Company Z and other companies in this area heard those stories too. Which means that he's unlikely to get a job at any major tech company in this area maybe ever definitely not at x or y and they are big companies among the biggest and it's all because he's a jerk ableist misogynist middle manager who underestimated little old me and there we go a great story to end off today's episode it really sucks to be fair that you're in that position you know a company that you've worked at for over 20 years you said one that you saw yourself retiring in and all that that dream just ruined by this annoying guy who you know had a crazy ego and thought he was better than he actually was of course it's very sad because not often in life do you get a job that you love and that you actively want to stay in until retirement i mean that's an absolute joy it's a privilege right we could all dream of something like that so for that to be ripped away yeah this guy deserved that revenge fair play to you op well done. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of r slash nuclear revenge. Really hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want more content and more revenge stories from me right away, check out the video that I've put on the screen right here. Or if you're on a podcast platform, the link is down below. With that being said, drop a like, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever you do on whatever platform you're on. And I'll see you guys tomorrow with a brand new Reddit story. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.